From CITI Program, I'm Darren Gaddis, and this is On Campus. Today, the second episode discussing what are academic and non-academic careers, why one might leave academia, and how to identify transferable skills. I spoke with Sarah Melton, Product Education Strategist at Sprout Social, where she creates educational content and training materials. She previously worked in academic libraries and digital scholarship centers. Sarah received her PhD from Emory University in 2017. As a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not intended to provide legal advice or guidance. You should consult with your organization's attorneys if you have questions or concerns about relevant laws and regulations discussed in this podcast. Additionally, the views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the presenter. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Picking up where we left off earlier this week, what are transferable academic skills one might use in the private sector? Yeah. So people will often talk about, you know, it's, it's easy. Uh, you, as an academic, you know, you do research and writing and teaching and, you know, it's easy to talk about those things. It's not wrong uh, because those are all things that I do in, in my current role, but talking about them in a way that is understandable is, can be difficult. So, you know, in, in my current position, for example, I, I do all of those things. Uh, so research might look like interviewing users or doing other types of user research. Uh, I still do things like literature reviews. They just look a little different and it's working with different types of literature, but, you know, I'm still looking for things like case studies or other types of research that other people have done to synthesize that and, you know, pull those findings out. I still do a lot of teaching. That's kind of the the core of my, of my current role. I'm a product education strategist. So I create a lot of educational materials and that encompasses technical writing, but also other things. So those are some skills that are specific to the role that I'm in right now, but they're skills that a lot of people in academia have. Um, and the specific way that a different job may or may not utilize them, of course, is, depends on the particular industry and, and the role that you're interested in. But I, I do think that those skills, broadly speaking, are in fact transferable. And it's, uh, it's, it's not something that I think I necessarily understood you know, while I was going through a PhD program. Other ways to identify what those skills might be, of course, you know, beyond kind of looking at things like LinkedIn profiles or resumes and job descriptions can actually look like working with a career coach, as I mentioned, or somebody who has made that transition. I think doing those types of um, informational interviews can be really helpful just to hear, you know, of course, what somebody's experience is, but also how they position themselves. So definitely think that it can feel daunting, but uh, it's very possible. And in fact, I, I do think that those skills um, are, are really valuable. Thinking more about an individual who might leave academia, how are they able to stay connected within the field of higher education if they wanted to do such? Yeah, you know, 
I spent actually a fair amount of time the last few months still working on some projects that that I had been involved in, you know, kind of on the side from from my academic career, and really actually found that work to be really interesting to see it from a different perspective, uh, to see it from somebody who was no longer kind of in the middle of some of those academic conversations uh, in the same way. So it wasn't a problem for me to kind of uh, stay involved in those communities. And, you know, of course, you can you can still do things like go to conferences and uh, and even do research. There are people who, you know, take non-academic or or kind of alternate academic careers and and still do a lot of research on the side. Uh, that's that's kind of a personal decision. But, you know, generally speaking, there there are a lot of ways now that academic communities stay in touch that are not necessarily dependent on being in a university. Uh, and I think that the last couple of years of the pandemic have accelerated some of that, you know, needing to find ways to talk with people virtually or asynchronously. So, you know, I, I would say if that's if that's something that you are interested in, there probably are things like, you know, of course, listservs, but Slack communities, Discord communities. Yeah, places, uh, places where people in your field are, are gathering virtually that are still pretty easy to stay in touch with if, if that's of interest to you. From your own perspective and journey, have you seen a trend in individuals moving from academia to the private sector since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, so I I don't have any hard numbers here, uh, but I know that there have been a number of articles written about uh, this kind of phenomenon. And I will say anecdotally, I, I definitely have. I think a lot of the reasons that people are making that shift, you know, are, are similar to some of the reasons that I had wanting that flexibility and, and also sometimes just wanting something new, wanting to see kind of what else is out there. So I think I think that's definitely happening. It's it's not isolated, though. There's a lot of talk, of course, about the great resignation, right? And so there were a lot of people also within the private sector who were moving to different fields, to different industries, uh, sometimes leaving the workforce entirely. So I do think that that is a trend that I saw within academia, but it's not necessarily uh, isolated to academia. What else should we know about career pathways for academics and transferable skills in general? Yeah, some of the things that have been really helpful for me in in making this transition are things like, you know, networking. And I, everyone always talks about networking. And I I know um, it's, it's easy to roll your eyes at. And I, and I don't, I don't really mean, you know, going up to people at parties, right, and and asking about a job, although I do actually know people who have gotten gotten hired that way. I'm thinking more about, uh, you know, some of what I described earlier with being in particular virtual communities or even reaching out to people on LinkedIn. If there's a person who is maybe an alumni of your program you know, and they're working in an, in an industry or in a job that you think is really interesting, reaching out to them, they may not respond, but it's, uh, it's, it's very common to do that kind of cold outreach. And people generally don't think it's weird. So, so that's definitely something that can be helpful. 
The caution that I tell everyone about making this kind of transition is uh, it's generally speaking, and this is not always the case, but, you know, academic jobs have perception of having a lot of stability. And that depends on the on the particular role. Of course, there are a lot of people who are on very temporary contracts, and that's that's not stable. But you know, in in other types of academic roles, there is a, a fair amount of stability. And that does look very different in the private sector. We're heading into some macroeconomic uh, conditions that feel a little scary. And Nobody kind of knows what hiring is going to look like. Uh, you know, in, in the tech sector, there have been a lot of companies that have done, you know, very high profile companies that have done lots of layoffs. So that's that's always a possibility. And, you know, people should make any kind of career transition with their eyes open. The flip side is that there are also just more non-academic jobs than there are academic jobs. So it's certainly some, something to consider, but I, I wouldn't necessarily let that hold you back if it's something you're interested in. I also think that, you know, when it comes to interviewing for non-academic jobs, there are a couple of things that I found really helpful to spend some time thinking about. One was what I wanted and what I valued in a job environment and being really upfront about that. Not in a way that was, you know, derogatory towards past employers or anything. Um, that's that's never a good idea. But just thinking about what is it that I value in a career and in my day-to-day -day work environment and making sure that the companies that I was interviewing at understood that and also had those same values because I didn't want to make a, a change and then end up totally miserable. And so I, I think, you know, knowing knowing what it is that you value and the type of, of environment is is important. And the only other thing I would say in terms of, you know, interviewing advice is have a lot of specific examples that you can draw on. And, you know, you will probably have to change the way you explain them, but, you know, from, from an academic audience to a non-academic audience. But I found it uh, really useful to have three, four, five examples of um times I explained something complicated to somebody else. Important considerations when breaking down um, complex topics. And examples like those that also I felt like really showcased my academic background, because that's a lot of what you do as an academic is, is uh, synthesize information, break it down, hopefully make it understandable and digestible to um, to an audience. So those are some things that I definitely noticed as as trends when I was when I was interviewing as well. And I wanted to pass those along because I think they're probably helpful to academic audiences. Sarah, thank you for joining me for this special two part episode of On Campus. Thank you so much for having me. Be sure to follow, like and subscribe to On Campus with the CITI program to stay in the know. I also invite you to review our content offerings regularly as we are continually adding new courses and webinars that may be of interest to you. All of our content is available to you anytime through organizational and individual subscriptions. You may also be interested in CITI program's open access publishing webinar. 
please visit the CITI program's website to learn more about all of our offerings.